Hello, this is Jack Tudor from Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening. My guest this time is John Mueller, a composer and percussionist from Wisconsin who creates incredible music, was formerly in the band Pele and has been involved in numerous other projects as well. And I've loved John's music for like the past three years. I discovered him through the album Nonfiction, which he released through his Death Blues project. And I love the moments on that record where repetition is used to the extent that the material that you're listening to and your method of connection with it completely transforms. If you were to compare the moment at which you first hear a particular refrain and then your sensations three minutes into that same idea, it's like a completely different sound. I just love his approach. His combination of percussion and voice that runs throughout so much of his work You can check out John's stuff on uh, rhythmplex.com, also rhythmplex.bandcamp.com. And if you want more information on any of the choices that John made today, please head over to attentionmagazine.co.uk forward slash crucial listening. Usually I start with a little clean intro where I say, Hello, welcome to Crucial Listening, and then we start talking from there. But John and I started talking from the moment that I called him, and the conversation was so interesting that I decided to basically pick up from the moment I pressed record. John had just recently done a performance for gongs at Ironwood Yoga Studio in Wisconsin. And so we start by talking about his experiences playing with gongs. So please enjoy this episode. Please like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, give it a good rating, all that stuff. And without further ado, John Mueller on Crucialism. I've been slowly acquiring gongs over the years, and um, at this point, I, I feel like I have kind of a full load. I mean, it's uh, certainly I could get more, but I, I feel like it's I mean, just kind of look, glancing over at my setup now, and it's it's. I mean, it's <laughs> it's enough. I think you know, <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a lot of gongs, but um, yeah, I, I like it. It's it's a nice change of pace from the sort of the more high energy stuff I do with the drums, it's nice to have kind of still do percussion, but have a a different, 
approach to it and and try different you know to, it's a different sound and so one of the things i've been sort of trying to understand with drums is how can i keep developing this without just getting bigger and more intense and more you know what i mean yeah so it's like um I don't necessarily want to start playing drums quietly or something. So um, I, I feel like this is a way to sort of do that without, you know, kind of really shifting gears. I, I, my concern with like tr doing a different approach with drums at this point in time is that it, it, it just wouldn't come across it would just, I don't know for me personally, I don't, I mean, whatever other people think, but like for me, it would just feel like, it would sort of represent this, like, um, I'm, I'm getting tired or something, you know, <laughs> right? I, yeah. want to, I don't want to make that call quite yet. So, uh, so gongs are a good way to sort of uh, step into a, a different approach like that, uh, you know, softer playing, but still have this really kind of intense sound. I mean, they're, you know, playing in a, in a region like I did, I can't remember what I all explained to you about this, but I, basically, you know, Wisconsin has this arm on the right side of it that is, is a peninsula that goes into uh, Lake Michigan. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's a very rural region, you know, very different culturally from say the, you know, the city where I live now, but um, it, I, it, it's just, it's, it's interesting to hear how people react to different contexts. So gongs, I mean, they can on one hand be very meditative and, and, and soothing and beautiful, but, but if you play them just a little bit, uh, stronger and a little bit, you know, for a longer duration, I mean, they can, I mean, they're essentially noise, you know, they're essentially kind of dissonant, very complex, uh, a lot of sounds happening at one time, different frequencies and things. So for certain audiences, it, it can come off as sort of disturbing. And I, I think there, there was definitely some reactions like that when I, when I did it last time. Um, I didn't see it, but there was, people were saying that there was at one point, like people were all laying down at one point, some people like kind of got up and looked around and maybe even kind of plugged their ears. Cause they were just sort of confused. Like, <laughs> is, is this okay? Like, is this supposed to be happening? And, um, that's great because you know, that's kind of what it, it's always been about to me. It's like creating situations where people are just like, is what's happening to me right now you know like is this is this supposed to be happening or and kind of d defying like you know the, those you know what's normal and what what's supposed to be happening you know i think with a lot of music it's designed to sort of create this community around some kind of good feeling which is there's nothing wrong with that but i've always kind of liked the idea of the, the complexity of that question and like, what does feel good and why does it feel good? And, um, does everyone agree that it feels good? And, um, well, what does that mean? You know? So I think gongs are, are, are a cool way to, to deal with that and, and sort of play around with those ideas. Um, similarly to, to what I do with drum stuff. So it's really interesting. Like that you say people i mean because i looked at the pictures of that gig that you played and people lying down and i think uh i don't know at what point of the performance those pictures were taken but people looked relatively tranquil at that point at least but it's funny that there is that jolt upright moment where i mean i've been in situations before where you know i've, I've maybe been lying down or 
maybe been of a certain relaxed posture and then sprung up and it's like um there's no real danger but in some sense there must be something there which is like i need to just have my wits about me here because you mm -hmm. know what's this guy doing and that's quite an interesting uh thing to play with i think I, I i mean i went to see francisco lopez and he did one of these blindfold performances and he mm -hmm. prefaced it by saying things are going to get loud and a bit crazy but i, I i've got everything under control which <laughs> made me more concerned that yeah. i never really factored in the fact that he might not um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's really and i noticed as well actually because i i guess as well because you're doing it in like a yoga studio yeah, yeah. Which I wonder if that comes with its own sort of loaded expectations of what people are going to come away with. Yeah, and I, I that's kind of one of my interests in in doing more things along those lines because it's not a musical setting. It's not coming with the expectations of the social aspect of music where, you know, people are there to you know, engage socially as part of some kind of scene and, um, you know, possibly just, ha you know, it, it's it's part music, but it's also part hanging out and having drinks and, and you know, the, the social side of it. And I, I'm really interested at this point, I guess, with where my work has gone in taking it out of that context entirely, if, if possible, and just trying to present it in different situations, not as any sort of statement on, you know, um, people need to take it more seriously or something, but I, I just, I don't quite understand it yet, but I don't think it fits in the, in the same context. I think it's, it, it requires a different kind of situation for it to, to really work, to, to have, have the intended effect and, and have the result, um, you know, from, at least from some of the feedback I've gotten from people, um, I don't think that that kind of feedback would happen if it was like in a noisy club with, you know, bottles getting thrown out in the background and people chatting in the background. And I, I just think it's that that situation works for very specific kinds of music. And I, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm in that right now. So it, it's really so much more about music than what music the music scene allows it to be um you know everything is so specific and it's so formatted and and yeah just i'm interested in seeing like what else is possible so i think like the the an audience at a yoga studio like people who would normally go there for yoga when they hear something like this you know it's not that they're interested in going to see a band play they're they're interested in in a similar kind of whatever their internal transformative experience that they're looking for that studio to provide them they're looking for something similar for that to happen and so i think you know adding an instrument as the background to that um it's kind of an interesting thing it's it's something i'm, I'm definitely curious about and and being involved in and and being a part of that and and having having the work i do pertain to that as opposed to just being like all right everyone watch me play my instrument now and you know <laughs> judge accordingly you know i mean it, when, when people aren't even watching you play when they're just really absorbing this experience of of what how they're interpreting these sounds and what what these sounds are, are conjuring for them internally is a is a cool thing i mean it sort of points back to 
childhood experiences that I've had with records, you know, where, where I didn't understand what the live experience necessarily was because I hadn't really seen any, but I was completely absorbed in records and, and the effect that they had on me and, and this whole sort of world that they would create internally for me. Um, that's really, that's where it all began. Like that's, that's where my whole interest in this stuff began. And, um, it was, it was important enough that it's not something I, I feel like I, I need to move on from that. I, you know, as I've gotten older, it's like, yeah, I don't need to like, forget about that. I still think that's sort of the core of what music is for me. And, and, and I would assume most people, I don't know. I mean, I just think somewhere along the way, as we get older and we, we get to engage more with, with live music that, that maybe got lost. And, and I'm certainly, I'm, you know, probably more so for people who like me got into records at a, at a really young age, as opposed to say, discovering it in your teens in conjunction with seeing live music. I mean, I think maybe that the impression would be different then, but you know, for so many years I, I lived in nothing but records and records became these little films inside my head. And, and, and I films is maybe even a, a small way to put it. I mean, it really became parts of like the records became parts of my personality. I think, I mean, I really sort of felt in some ways, like I was living through the records and probably in dangerous ways. Sometimes I mean, probably, <laughs> probably realistic at all, but it, it was very real to me. And, and I think, um, probably helped me in many ways. That leads nicely into the main segment of why you're here, I guess, John, which is to discuss, three records that you consider to be important um i understand from uh, the email exchange that we've had prior to this that it seems that you could have picked any number of records there wasn't a definitive three that sprung to mind so what was your process for finalizing three that you wanted to talk about today yeah when when you first when you first talk to me about doing this, it, it, it's, it's one of those topics that my gut reaction is I, I get, I'm excited about that, about thinking about that. But then my very next thought for, for any topic like around favorites or, you know, pick three or pick five, it, it, it just, it's terrifying to me because it, <laughs> there's, there's so many different kinds of, of records that I can identify um, for all for very different reasons. And so, you know, I kind of got a little freaked out, like almost to the point of just like, oh, you know, maybe I should tell Jack, I just can't do this because uh, it's just, it's, it's too specific or something. But then I thought, all right, just don't think about it for a while. I kind of, you know, put it out of my head for a bit. And then one day I was on a walk and I thought, okay, just pick three off the top of your head, like really quickly. Don't put too much thought into it. What are three that sort of have some kind of significance that come to mind the first three? And so, so I picked those and I thought, okay, I know why I picked each of those and, um, I'll go with those. And so I thought, as soon as I get back from this walk, I'm going to send Jack a note and that'll be it. And then of course, you know, I did that and I felt good about it. And then, you know, the, the next thing, <laughs> oh man, I should have picked this. And I was talking to my, my wife yesterday and I was like, oh, I really should have told him this one. And I was like, oh, and she's like, well, you can, you know, it's the day before you can write him. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't get into that. I just have to stick with this and go with it. So yeah, that's a dangerous start of something isn't it if you start revising yeah. it if you wouldn't mind introducing your first 
pick. I'll let you choose the ordering. Um, but if you could just introduce it and then speak a bit about why that particular record is important to you. Yeah, so the first record I picked was uh, The Magician's Birthday by Uri Heap. Um, and that was a record that my parents had when I was really young, and um, which is which is kind of my introduction to to music and and how I got into music was my parents' records. And you know, this was like early early seventies. You know, clearly the the kind of rock music that was happening during that time was what my parents were into, and so that that was kind of it. And like. I don't know if, if it was, you know, it came from music or if it came from something else, but like I was always into scary things. So like anything that was like, uh, you know, scary movies or um, scary books or, you know, just scary stuff. Like I was always attracted to that. And so like the records that they would have that had any implication of some, some kind of scariness to it, um, be it in the cover art or, I mean, really, usually the cover art. Like, I was attracted to those. So Uriah Heep, The Magician's Birthday um, record, had... It's got a kind of a psychedelic cover. Um, it uses the, this um, sort of neon red and blue that sort of play this almost eye trick with you. If you if you stare at certain parts long enough, it does this kind of flashing effect, which is uh, another part of the story I'll get into. But, but it's got this kind of... Um, interesting cover of this sort of like weird fantasy land with these strange plant growth things and these um these three characters so there's this there's the magician um and there's this demon thing who the magician is you know potentially having some kind of um battle with or about to have some kind of battle with and then there's this like strange plant that's like part plant part woman um that was always intriguing to me too who's just kind of sitting in the scene uh off to the side and it's she's sort of observing this battle and i just remember like being a kid and seeing that cover and and just really kind of getting absorbed in what was going on in that world and what was this scene all about so you know again i mean it's probably been talked to death but like the importance of of you know, record cover art and, and the effect that, that particularly 70s record cover art and what, what happened during that time. It's pretty, pretty phenomenal. So, so that was like, that's what drew me to the record. And then listening to the record, um, it just, it identified everything I was looking for as a kid. I mean, it was, it was, you know, had some heavier parts, um, you know, great guitar sound. Um, but what started to become apparent you know, this record was really the beginning of, of me identifying things about music that appealed to me. And Ken Hensley, who was, you know, one of the principal writers in the group at that time, uh, he played keyboards and guitar. Um, he had this, this great knack for writing these really great hooks using minor keys. And the they would go, Uriah Heep songs, um, the good ones, in my opinion, have this sort of consistent major key writing style. And then like during a bridge or, or the chorus or something that it'll switch to this very sort of dramatic minor key notation instead. And, and it, it's, it, it's, it's just this very sort of dramatic, powerful, really grabs you. And, and as a kid, um, those parts just were like identified a music, like what about music I was really, really interested in. And I thought, 
why don't pe- more people do this? Why why do more bands like whatever it is? And as a kid, I didn't understand what they were doing, but I was like, why don't more bands sound like that? Like, why don't <laughs> more people do that? And it always intrigued me. And as I got older, you know, when I got older and started, dis- you know, discovering music from other countries and you know, realizing that in other countries, like all the music sounded like that. And uh, <laughs> all of it was in minor keys and, you know, particularly, uh, more Middle Eastern region stuff. It was like, Oh man, like <laughs> they've, they figured it out. You know, they, <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, I, that, that's one of the reasons why the record is, is so important to me. Um, you know, musically, artistically, you know, it just had all these components that really appealed to me. Um, I, you know, on a more personal level, I don't even know how to how to necessarily define all this, but uh, records throughout my life have become symbols of of things, and I would say that record somehow, I mean, that band really became a symbol. Um, not only of, of, of memories of my childhood, but particularly um, somehow a relationship with my dad that really became uh, a symbol for that. And I don't, I don't know really specifically how that that came to be, but, but it did. And, and so um, that record being the first one I'd heard from that group, it sort of stands out as this like it's a, it's, it's a very clear symbol and, and always will be. I mean, every time, you know, for the rest of my life, if I see that record cover, it, it, it represents not just this music, but this part of, of, of my family and my life. And, um, for me that, that makes it very important. I've seen you write. I can't remember where it was, maybe drowned in sound about the fact that there were periods of your life where you only listened to this record. <laughs> There, there was a time when it was almost a year, probably it was maybe ten months or so, where I, I, I only listened to Uriah Heep. I didn't listen, I, and I, it was a, it was on purpose. It was, um, I just, I, I said I'm not going to listen to anything um, else except for this band um, until this certain event happened, and. The event didn't happen, and I, th- I thought, you know, it was it was sort of my idealistic goal that I would listen to nothing um, until I could reconnect with my dad. And um, it got to the point where um, I, I just realized that it probably wasn't going to happen in a reasonable time, and you know, realized that it was starting to get kind of insane with this music, and I, I just needed to to just forget it and move. move. <laughs> musically and and not get out of this world i was sort of creating with this and it was it was you know really was that it was like creating this sort of uh, again it's this this fantasy it's this you know using music to sort of create this like ideological fantasy world within that represents some sort of ideals that i had or um you know what was going to to be and and how things would would be and um yeah when i read you know and i thought you know this is how it's all going to work and you know i'm going to listen to nothing but this and then there's going to be some kind of reunion and um there will be this like this music will then become this like magical symbol of of this this whole event and 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 then when i realized it it potentially could be years and years i just thought well i i can't it's this crazy i gotta get out of this you know so so i did but um 
Yeah, yeah. Have you listened to it since? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have multiple copies of it, and I still listen to the group occasionally. Um, I kind of go in phases with it. And they have a lot of great records. Um, they have a lot of really, you know, records that I'm not interested in at all. But they, you know, they, they have one original member, Mick Box, and they still tour. And um, I, I see them every time they come to Milwaukee, and it's it, they're phenomenal. They're they're just a great band, and um, yeah, it's it's you know, if I had just been introduced to them last week, I, I, I'd probably have a completely different feel about it. But it's it's such it's so embedded in in my DNA, it's, it's so a part of who I am, um, because of the, the history and, and what I did with the music, like what I used it for internally. And, um, it's just, it's, it's almost beyond, <laughs> I can't, I almost can't even describe what, you know, what it is. I mean, it's, it's just, it's absolutely profound. The, the role that that has played in my life. Can you recall, I mean, cause you said, you mentioned that the kind of heaviness of the sound was something that appealed to you as a child, which I think myself and probably a lot of other people can relate to, like, heaviness is such a exciting thing, I think, for a lot of people when they first encounter something that breaches that boundary of what they think is possible in terms of heaviness and density in rock music. But what about the... Because there's a, a, a lot of... Um, much softer, I guess, more ballad-centric moments on this. I mean, did you connect to those when, as a kid? Do you know whether that had as much of a potent reaction with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I, for me, it was really more about. I mean, the heaviness was a definitely an appeal, but the the way that they worked with these minor keys was the the sound of that really was fascinating to me, and. Maybe it was just, you know, that stuff, but like in combination with their aesthetic that they, they used on that record cover, um, it just, it really implied this like sort of mystical world to me, this sort of like strange, surreal fantasy world. And and so, of course, you know, with that, you know, you start developing ideas about who these people are and what kind of lives they live and, and what it's like. And of course, you know, in, in, in my mind, it wasn't this like, you know, rock and roll debauchery that it, it probably actually was, you know, <laughs> particularly since most of the members died from, you know, <laughs> drugs or alcohol, but um, I shouldn't say most, but a, a few of them did. And they, there was issues in, in surviving members too. But um, yeah, it's just like, for me, it was just this portal into this, this other dimension. And, um, so even, even the more ballad stuff, it was just beautiful to me. And because it wasn't this like nice, pretty happy. I mean, a lot of it was very sad and had this sort of, um, darkness to it that felt very, it felt good. It didn't feel, um, didn't feel negative. It didn't feel, you know, destructive or, or, um, troubling at all. It was sort of this reaffirming, it was this positive feeling that, that sort of sadness felt very positive to me. I'm wondering with maybe you're close to it beyond the point where you can answer this question, but can you feel the impact of your Heap uh, or this record on maybe 
any decisions or um, sensibilities you've developed as a composer? I don't know. It's it's hard to say because it's it's so radically different from the stuff I do. But I, I would say, you know, there was definitely times um, in working with with melody over the years in different groups that I I, I would I would have wanted those elements to come into play, but they just, you know, um, they weren't of interest by, by others in the groups. So, um, but you know, I mean, any, any time I, I worked with, with any kind of melody, I mean, I do like to, to include that kind of feel to, to melody that I, I use. So, um, but not, you know, all the, the percussion based stuff that I do, it's uh, certainly it's in there. I mean, it's, it's such a part of who I am, but, um, yeah, I guess it probably just comes out in different ways that, that I just don't know, but I, I'm, I'm sure like everything influences everything. And is as heavy, heavily as I was into that band for, for so many years, I mean, it's just, it's going to come out somehow. It's going to be in, in the mix of how I'm thinking about things. I just don't know. There's no direct correlation of like, Oh yes. Yeah, so, you know, I listened to this record and that made me think of this. So when I write drums, I, I always do this. You know, it's not that direct. But yeah, it's it's a part of my sensibility, I think, now. And do you have a favorite track? Uh, I, I like Echoes in the Dark. Um, Tales is great, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, the, I would say, like... I would say that the whole record is, is, is great, except for the one... The, the happy song written by Mick Box, which was, I think, Spider Woman. I mean, it's just more of this kind of like boogie rock song. And it, it's fine, but it's just like I, I could do without it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the record is so great outside of that. It's kind of it's the odd track. It's the one that pops up that's just like, well, I guess we'll put that one on. I'm not sure why they did that, but uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion, of course. But yeah. The, the whole record is, I, I, th- I think, it, it fits exactly this this very certain mood, and that that's the one song that kind of takes it in this other direction, which is probably okay. As as a group, I'm sure they're like, all right, you know, like we have we have a, a complex range of of you know songs that we we like, and you know, I get it, I get it. <laughs> it's won. not my band. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I I mean I've listened to the record a couple of times since you recommended it. I, I sorry put it forward for this list and um, yeah, that one's got a kind of finger snappy sort of groove to it, which um, definitely caught my ear. Yeah, it, it may have even been the label saying like you know maybe they were looking for like more of an upbeat radio song or I mean who knows who knows what goes on. You know? What must be done. In just one short night And if you ask, then you must know If you still doubt, you should be told It was not we that made it so It was by those who went So I'd love to have your next important album then. 
Yeah, so the, <laughs> I'm realizing now that after I talk about this next one, following what I just talked about, I'm really painting myself into um, uh, potentially having some sort of issues, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the next record uh, I chose was, uh, it's called Family Album by Fawn Fables. Now, this is a newer record, uh, came out, in the 2000s but um this <laughs> and i sort of pick this as as a reaction to this dry heap record because something similar happened so because this came out in more recent times um th there was something very specific about this record that was very similar to what happened with with your heap so Fawn Fables, I think I saw them. Uh, so I used to run a record label called Crouton. I put out a record by um, Matthew Waldron. And um, Matt was friends with uh, this group, Fawn Fables. And Fawn Fables was going on tour. And uh, Matt wrote me and said, you know, my friends are, are going to be on tour. They're coming through Milwaukee. They've agreed to have my, my record in on their merch table on their tour. So I'm wondering if you could bring a box of these to them, you know, when they come to Milwaukee, I'll put you on the list, whatever, et cetera. So I, I showed up, um, didn't meet the band then, but, you know, got them the CDs, saw the show, really enjoyed it. And um, hadn't heard of them before and thought, oh, I, I should look into their music and, and see what it's all about. So that at that time, I think maybe not quite then, but uh, maybe it was. I'm not sure. But the family album came out sometime around then. Either they were on tour for that or, or it, it, that record came out, you know, following this tour or something. But I remember getting family album um, because I thought, OK, you know, I'll, I want to you know, get something by this band and, and see what they're all about. And so I got family album and started listening to it, um, in the car when I was driving and, um, you know, it was interesting. I, I liked it. And, and there's a lot of songs on it and something happened, uh, during, during this, you know, these times when I was listening to it and eventually um, I realized there was a lot of stuff about it that 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 worked in a similar way. They they also used this sort of like um, these these dramatic shifts to these minor keys. So there was this element of that that reflected some of like what I what appealed to me from you know the Uri Heap stuff and. And just the the you know outside of that you know uh, for just fond fables that I mean lyrically and musically it's just it was all like really really solid very top notch like the lyrical content was interesting and the the musical writing was interesting and the performance of everything was just really really well done and so fond fables is a it's a couple um, they they use guests. Um, musicians also, but it's it's primarily this this couple Nils and and Dawn, and um, it's just it it's such a powerful uh, duo that they have. Like they're 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 performing the, the performances that they do together. It's just it's you you can tell it's just such a strong musical relationship. And so I really got absorbed by this stuff, and I realized at one point that. I hadn't listened to anything else in quite a while. So every time I get in my car, this, this CD would be in there and 
I, at that time I, I was working, um, in another town, I had a, a, a pretty long commute. And so I, I was essentially listening to this record, you know, twice a day. And it went on for, I'd say, again, almost a year. And I realized I wasn't listening to any other records. I wouldn't listen to anything else at home. I would only listen to this record. And at one point I thought, all right, I, you know, this is enough. I got to get something else on. <laughs> and I brought another CD out into the car and started on my drive. I put this other CD on and I got about, I don't know, maybe into the second song. And I was just like, I I don't have any interest in this. And I took it out and I put the Fallen Fables record back in. And I continued to listen to that exclusively for months. Wow. (laughs) And nothing else. Not a single other record uh, played either at home or in the car for, uh, I'd say, almost a year. And so that was a very strange time um, because I realized that it was happening and um, I had no interest in doing anything about it. I thought, it's okay. This is just, this is how it is. And I, I occasionally I would think like, well, where does this go? Like, how, like <laughs> at some point I'm going to listen to something else. And I just thought, I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> so, um, so this is where it gets even more interesting. So <laughs> they came to Milwaukee on tour and, and I went to that concert and it was great. And, um, went home that night and I had to, had to work the next day. And so I, I didn't have a lot of sleep. You know, the show got done late, got to work and it was just, I mean, it was kind of out of it all day. I'm really tired. And they, they were playing in Chicago the following night. And so I'm at work that day and I, and I'm, you know, part of me is just like, all I can think about is like getting back home and going, going to sleep early. And, um, and at some point in the day, a coworker of mine, you know, we started chatting about the, the show and he's like, Oh, you know, he, he, he said that, that sounds kind of interesting. And, and, and I'm like, well, you know, they are playing in Chicago tonight. And he's like, Oh, wow. And then somehow, you know, we, we, we we thought okay let's let's go you know if if you're interested like let's go he's like i can drive and i was like that's great um let's do it so we left from work we went down and saw them in chicago um and it was really great there too i was completely out of my mind i mean i was so tired but um the show got done we were all kind of standing around afterward and there was a point where I saw Dawn kind of standing off by, you know, she was, she was, she was done chatting with some people. She was kind of standing. Uh, it was an opportunity to go and talk to her. So I went up to her, introduced myself. And I said, you know, a while back, um, I put out, uh, your friend Matt's record and you guys were nice enough to take them on tour and, you know, sell the CDs on tour. And, and, you know, I appreciated that. And, and she was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know who you are and, and this and that. And so, you know, we were just kind of chatting, small talking for a bit. And, and I, I, there was a, a lull and I, I kind of stopped and I said, um, you know, Dawn, I, I have to, I have to tell you something. This is really important to me. Um, I said, I haven't, I haven't listened to music like yours since, since I was, I was a kid and I, I, I just, 
it's, 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 it's really been, it's, it's sort of taken over my life. Um, I just am completely absorbed in it. And I kind of stopped talking and she, she just, she didn't say a word. She just turned around and walked away. And she walked over to this other group of people. And I thought, what just happened? And I thought maybe, maybe I didn't, maybe someone called her and she just ran over there for a second. And I didn't hear that or something. Or so I just kind of stood there for a little bit and she just was with this other group of people and clearly just, you know, now getting engaged in that conversation. And I just thought I was, I was kind of stunned. And so then I, I just, you know, walked back over to where my friend was standing and I said, you know, I, we can get going. And he was like, okay. And we left and I was just kind of baffled and, um, really just didn't know what happened. I didn't know if like I upset her. I didn't know, you know, I, I just, I felt kind of bad. I was just like, I hope she didn't, I, I, did I say something offensive? I don't know what happened. Um, but it, it didn't make me upset. I, you know, I didn't feel like angry or like, Oh, well, you know, forget it. I'm done with this group or something. It was just like, it was just sort of puzzling. And, um, I didn't feel the need to listen to it anymore. I didn't not like it. It wasn't like I, I, you know, turned me off to it. I just didn't, I felt like, okay, it's, it's, it's done now. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So was that the last time you've listened to it? Oh no, no, I, I, I listened to it. I, um, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll put it on just cause, um, you know, they, they've come out with records since then. And so, you know, I've gotten those and, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a fantastic group. Um, because it, because it uses some of those same musical elements that, you know, um, that I admired about your, I, 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 there's that, and there's a more of a folk element to it, which, which appeals to me. And, uh, it's just, it's really, it's great stuff. It's a, it's a great group. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's no th- th- nothing has changed for that. It's just that 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 obsession, that like that isolated world that that was developing, that just it it just dissolved. It was like this something happened. It was this some kind of thing happened where that action, her doing that action, just kind of broke the whole thing for me. Um, just it just put an end to it. <laughs> it was just very strange. Has, yeah. has there been any kind of interaction since, or have there been any like follow up on that? No, no. I've just told this story to people. That's that's been the takeaway. For it. <laughs> I've seen. I've gone to see them since actually, and. Um, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, it's it's not something I need to go, like, talk to her about again, because then I'll be crazy. You know, then she'll be like, oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, it's just, it's it's a cool story, and it's a cool memory, and it's, it's um, I think it's a, an interesting experience to have with a record and, and someone's music. And if anything, it's just a testimony to the power this stuff can have. Um, I think people just look at music 
in some ways is this light entertaining thing and it, it, it it's not just that in some in some cases it's um wow it's great it's it's difficult now for from my side to try and discuss this record with you i guess because um i think now i acknowledge the extent to which there is i mean putting it lightly a gulf in understanding and the ability to articulate about this album but um has there been any kind of album that's come close since to um dragging you into that extent no no wow i mean i had experiences i guess as a child where i would play records and nothing else would there'll be absolutely no requirement to plug myself into anything else i felt completely fulfilled but i mean that i mean that hasn't happened in like 12 years so that's um incredible mm-hmm. to hear that it's happened to you and it's like such an uh, uh, to such an extent wow yeah 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 i mean there's yeah there's certainly records that you know since that i love and and i i, I you know have really really been into but um but it, it's different you know this this was this was on this other level this was this tapped specifically back into this complete sort of fantasy realm um like I, like I experienced uh, in, in childhood with with you know particularly that Uriah Heap record where you sort of create this whole inner world around this music and what each song represents and the, and the story and the sound and what these people's lives might be like and what you know just creating these imaginary scenes around what might be happening in in the life of this this song you know this particular song or something it's you know, nothing else has, has done that since. And, and I, I think part of that is I don't listen to a lot of song-based music. I mean, I mostly listen to stuff that is either instrumental or, um, you know, contemporary or, um, you know, I mean, outside of the folk and, and country stuff that I maybe listen to, um, it, none of it really operates on that level because none of it really has, you know, a lot of this, like, uh, this kind of more heavier dark element to it you know a lot of it is on, on the lighter side so maybe that's a part of it that it just doesn't have that that depth to it or something but yeah i don't know i mean you know until until the day comes i'm sure there's other bands like that you know that have this sound that exists and, and until i find them um you know it'll happen again probably <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I kind of almost don't want it. I mean, it's nice to have have to look back on it, but to like be in that, it's just like, yeah, I don't know if I would wish that on myself, you know. Mm. Um, I noticed one of the songs when I was listening to it, which seemed to burst in, um, and the energy changed a bit. And then I found out that it was the song. Uh, I think this is the title, "Carousel with Madonnas." Uh, yeah, which yeah. I understand now is a cover of a, a singer called Eva Demarkzyk, who mm-hmm. I checked out some of her material as well and sounds amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised I haven't really heard her name before, or at least not paid attention if I had. But I don't know if you've heard any of her material at all. I haven't listened to any of it. Um, and that's kind of ironic too, because I mean, 
I've, I've sort of gone over every every detail with that record, but yeah, I never I never sought any connection outside of that record because I think I was just too absorbed with it to to look further, you know. Yeah. But maybe at this point, maybe at this point, it's worth, <laughs> looking, <laughs> you know, or 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 it'll bring me back into that again. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I could have your final important album, John, and why it's important. The last one I chose was Dreams Less Sweet by Psychic TV. And um, that record is, I think it's not just an important record to me like the other two were. I think it's an important record sort of in the history of recordings. For me, personally, I discovered it I was introduced to it around, I think it was uh, probably in 1988 or 89. Um, I met a friend in in high school who sort of opened up this whole other world of music to me. At the time, I was pretty uh, specifically listening to hardcore punk rock stuff. And I was getting at at this point with that. I've been listening to it for for enough years that it was was starting to feel somewhat of a dead end to me. Um, But at the same time, I still really like believed in the music and identified with 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 it and didn't really know where else to go with with those ideas. Um, And so so it just sort of was. And I was sort of let's just like holding on to this identity and this music that um, you know, just for lack of, of, of direction on what, what to do next, I guess. And, and so when I met this friend and he introduced me to a variety of records that, you know, are, are probably all, all have a level of importance to them. But in particular, Dreams Less Sweet, it was so unlike um other stuff i was listening to so so like for instance um other other music i discovered around that time like uh, like swans and isosandy neubauten and um you know fetus and and things like that that they, they they had this heaviness to them they had this this hardness to them and dreams less sweet wasn't this like heavy uh it wasn't even a rock record um it was something else and that was that was interesting in and of itself but then kind of like really like looking into what this group was about and that it wasn't just about music, but it was about ideas and philosophy and um, all sorts of things that played into some of the ideas that, that I was interested in with, with punk rock, but in a, in a completely different context in, in what seemed to me uh, a more serious and a more real context than just being, pissed at stuff, you know, just being angry about this or, um, against certain groups of people. It was, it was like, for me, it was the realization that there's, there's 
large groups of people who are um, doing things that are a, a bit more transformative and really trying to create change um, outside of just being angry at, about stuff and then and then making music about how angry they are about things. And so, like, the record is, uh, again, sort of a symbol of, of, of that change for me. Um, I mean, it was, for me, it was almost this, like, abrupt shift to, it was like, I realized then I was waiting for a way out of, of this stuff, um, this, you know, creatively, like, what else can I get into? I just didn't know the answers. You know, this is all pre-internet. Um, you sort of just have to, you know, it's, it's hard, it was harder at that time to sort of go seek out and find out what else there was. It, it sort of just was revealed to you in different ways. And, and fortunately, I, I was, you know, met a person who could reveal all this this stuff to me. And, and so that, that band and that record just became this, this other dimension that... Um, it changed, you know, it changed my life, really. It changed the course of, of how I thought about not just music, but, but all sorts of things. Um, it just was a, it was sort of a, a, a very profound step in, in my life. Not, and again, not just musically, but, but just how I thought about things and how I saw things, um, you know, how I observed the, the the system of things and how they worked and why people did the things they did and, and and why they didn't do certain things and how maybe that could be changed or how you can sort of play with with the way things are and um, make actual realities different than than how they are that became very interesting to me and, and that record is is what represents that shift that record has all those things in it I mean uh, even even the the recording process they did it was this you know it was all recorded um, binaurally and so the experience of listening to it was completely different than listening to any other record and the the material in it I mean it's all very cut up it's it's essentially a collage record but it doesn't sound like you know it's like something like Negative Land or something it doesn't it doesn't sound like that it sounds like compositions um, it's it's just a it's a really powerful record and so I, I think. Personally, it, it definitely is an important record, but I, I think because of what the, the, the record is, how it was made, what's in it, um, you know, the, I mean, there's like car sounds in it, you know, like car horns and, and, and things. And then there's like, there's, you know, there's recordings of human thigh, playing human thigh bones. And it's just all over the place. And it's like, why all these things? And so for me, it, it was... It, you know, I think the record is important for like what it all consists of and what it is. But for me, it, it was really this opportunity to say, well, why that sound? Why did they include that sound? Is it does it have some kind of meaning? Is it important in some way? Like, why that and and why this and why that? And I think, you know, I think Genesis and uh, I mean, you would probably say like that's the idea. Um, you know, maybe that's what they were trying to do. Is like. The, the, the activity that they did was sort of a, a, a way to, to communicate to people, you know, try looking at everything this way. Try try questioning all the details and everything that, that you um, interact with and try understanding it on a deeper level than just sort of taking it and um, accepting things on face value, but sort of dig underneath it and, and wonder about why it, it goes on the way it does and, and why it exists the way it does and try to understand things differently than just 
taking it or just getting upset about it or um so i i think it's just really an important record in general and all those questions of why that you posed at the record originally i mean do all of those whys still remain i mean does the record still feel beyond reach in terms of the rationality behind what you're hearing i think i think anyone myself included can put that record on today and understand that there is a lot going on um there's (laughs) it's a very it's a a complex record and it's it's filled with with mystery and not not in sort of this complex difficult or off-putting way but it's it's sort of it's a very rich experience um and again, the, the style of recording, you know, it wasn't recorded in a, in a studio. It was recorded with binaural headphones. So it, every sound was recorded from the perspective of the listener, um, which, I mean, I mean, it can sort of baffle you if you try to understand that even. But like when you're listening to all these tracks mixed together and each of those tracks was recorded from the perspective of a listener's ears, it's really intense. Yeah, I mean, I've listened to it quite a lot over the past few days um and a lot of those situations have actually been in public places where Mm -hmm. an interesting thing that i've felt in these early days is there almost seems to be where some records that are collaged in nature feel very alien and very much a spectacle that i'm observing from the outside I feel quite unsettled by the fact that Psychic TV, it seems like it has one foot on the inside as well. There's yeah, seems to be a comprehension of the fact that not only that I'm going to react to telephones and car, car horns as I'm, you know, walking down the high street and those sounds have a very, I have a response to those sounds just as a human being, but also the elements of music, which, um, sort of seem to twist things around from the center rather than in some far off corner which has made it i I often come away from a record i mean even after a few listens where i can come away with some coherent sentiment as to what i think or a sensation that feels quite not necessarily singular but whole but with this one i'm it's all over the place (laughs) yeah yeah um, it is all over the place, but it, it also feels, I mean, to me at least, it, it feels like a record. It doesn't, mm. uh, like I was saying before, even though it's it's essentially a collage, um, it doesn't feel that way. It feels somehow cohesive. And I, and, and it, it's odd to even say that because I'm, I'm thinking now of specific parts from the record that are just so radically different from each other. Um, uh, it's It's just a really fascinating record. Yeah, there's some definite, almost like allusions to like I don't know Beach Boys during some points, yeah. which yeah, really the vocal stuff. Yeah, there's a Charles Manson cover on on there, um, yeah. but it's done in this like um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's it's a <laughs> it's just all over. You know? <laughs> um, but it's there's some really really kind of. Um, the, the, for for the moments that are are sort of song based, it 
it's really powerful stuff. It's it's kind of neat. And then of course you have things like the the track in the nursery towards the end, which is yeah. like uh, it's it's disturbing. Um, it's disturbing in terms of like what you know. What's the instrumentation? I mean, there's there's car horns in that too, but it's like what is that about and what's going on? And um, in the context of of like having heard the the rest of the record, it's just like. You know what, what's what's behind all this? What's really going on? And again, that's what sort of pulls you into like explore what's psychic TV all about. And so at that time too, like as I sort of what started to dig in, um, and again pre-internet, it was just like where can I find more information about this? And then discovering that they were part of this like world network of the Temple of Psychic Youth, and there was these actual little you know uh, station groups throughout the world that you know. I know what they did. What were they up to? What were they doing? And it's, you know, it's like this whole sort of like grand scheme starts developing and it's like, wow, what, what is this? And I, and I, I loved it. <laughs> it was like, this is, so, this is so fascinating to me, you know, coming out of just like, you know, seeing another punk rock band, you know, drinking beer, playing in some shitty club and, and, you know, getting back in the van and hitting the road. And, and, and that's, you know, nothing against that but it's just like it just seems so simple to me compared to this whole other thing going on that i I hadn't heard of before and so it just seemed way more involved and and complex and interesting um and so i like i said before like it just made me completely switch gears like okay there's this whole other world out there and and life can be really really interesting you know (laughs) it's like one of those records that sort of made me realize just like there's a lot out there and i i should should explore that and not just listen to the same three chords over and over and hear the same angry lyrics over and over there's so much more there's so much more to discover and um so yeah it was it was it's 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 an important record yeah i understand that two of the key members of this band i guess uh, that featured on this record departed i think only within a couple of years of of dreams less sweet um do you connect with any other eras or phases of psychic tv uh, or anywhere they went beyond this record well yeah yeah so Coming out of that record, um, not you know, not not too long after that, they sort of went into the their their house music phase, which you know was was odd to me. But but eventually, like that became uh, an underground thing, you know, with with the Wax Tracks label in the U.S. I mean, it really did become something of interest to me, and so with Psych TV sort of being a part of that. Um, I was interested in it and in the culture. And, and again, I think you know, uh, it, the, the, the beauty of psychic TV, it was like they could go, uh, they could make a radical musical change like that, but it, it wasn't just musical. It wasn't like, Oh, Hey, now we're into this kind of sound. Let's make, you know, songs with house beats in them instead. It was about this whole ideology. And, you know, Genesis was interested in this whole culture of, you know, psychedelics and, um, you know, the, the philosophies around psychedelics and, and how it tied into stuff that they had previously explored. I mean, Genesis is such an interesting person because, um, 
everything that he sort of did was, you know, it wasn't, nothing was at face value. It was, it was, you know, all these ideas around these things and, and what was going on and, and, and not just sort of observing and, and being interested in them, but getting involved in um, not just being a part of something, but creating his own version of what that's like. And uh, I think, you know, Psyche TV and, and their revolving members and, and the people that were involved and, you know, then and then this wider network of, of the temple of psychic youth. And uh, so you have all these different people sort of just working with all these different ideas. It, you know, again, it's just, it's it's so much more than just music. It's so much, it's this bigger thing um, than just sound. Sound is just playing, you know, one, one part of of the picture. It's just one facet of, of this bigger idea. And it's, it's interesting how, um, I, I think only certain people can pull that off on, on that big of a level. And, um, you know, for most people it's, it's enough to deal with, with a band and, and rehearsals and recordings and touring. I mean, that's, that's, that's enough work as it is. Um, but then, you know, for a few people, they can make it something much larger and, and something much, much grander and, and deal with that in, in a way that makes sense. And, um, it's sort of this linear developing ideology and, and exploration that, that occurs over decades. Uh, that's, it's pretty phenomenal. So I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of everything that they've done or, or did or, or continue to do, but, um, but I, I just, it's what, what he's accomplished and what that group, um, you know, the, the recordings, I, I, I respect them all. I, I think they're, they're all a part of something bigger. They're not just records. They're, they're part of something much larger. I know that with your own projects, you've often had elements which go beyond being purely sonic in their presentation. I mean, has Psychic TV in any way been uh, had an impression on your decision to look for other ways of presenting what you do outside of just sound yeah and and that i mean that's why that's why i picked you know this record in particular because it it, it did it marked that shift for me in, into thinking about things in a completely different way than just writing a song, um, you know, but what, what the song maybe is in reference to what the song came out of, what the, you know, why I would play certain things in a certain way and what that represents in this grander, grander picture. I, I think, you know, with, with all three of the records that I talked about, there's something to them that started with music. Um, but then, transformed into something deeper you know it's the the music is sort of what exists on the surface and that's what what you see but behind it there's this whole other kind of uh inner world that can develop and i, I think with you know with all three of these there's sort of different inner worlds that that were at play but um but the idea that that they had such sort of powerful dimensions to them outside of the music it wasn't just like Oh man, I really love that song. Like you know, you look at something like um, 
for me, like the first Hot Snakes record, which is this rock band, uh, you know, it, like there's songs on that record that are just like they'll get me every time. I can put I can put that record on right now and just be like, man, I love that song. It just really really feels good, and and that's such a great powerful thing. But for the records I've been talking about today, you know, there's there's maybe that element to it, but then there's this much larger inner world behind it that exists that um it, it it's just it doesn't happen with with all music it only happens with with certain stuff and and you know these are three records that that came to mind that i think do that and have certainly influenced me to consider that in my own work i'm not saying i'm, I'm pulling it off or i'm, I'm creating that for other people I, I don't think i can i don't think i'm one of those people that can do that but um but it's certainly inspiring, and it, it, it certainly, um, on that level, has influenced me to to think about that kind of stuff in doing my own work and, and try to, in, in my own way, do some of that and, and at least create a, a the possibility of, of a listener exploring further and not just taking the recording at face value, but using it as a, as a doorway to something else. Um, and, and, and only they know what that something else is. I mean, when Ken Hensley wrote those songs, when Dawn and Nils wrote those songs, when Genesis and the others, you know, put that record together, you know, they weren't thinking like, oh, when people hear this, they're totally going to think about X. I mean, that that wasn't the case. It was, you know, I'm I'm sort of creating this stuff out of out of where they guided me and, and where they kind of pointed me to, and then I took it the rest of the way and. Um, I think that's, that's the idea. I mean, all music does that on some level, but if you can, if you can frame the, uh, a record in, in a, in a context that, that, you know, clearly leads you to, um, more directed, uh, there's more of a, of a, of a specific direction that you're pointing toward there. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it, it records can act as a great, a great introduction to, to something that, that people can discover, um, they just have to be led or guided to to that that direction in in a, a kind of a certain way, and that's that's a. I think it's it it, it can be tricky to, to pull off. Um, I, I think it's just based on the history of what I've I've sort of always been drawn to. Uh, that's that's the kind of stuff I, I like, and and if there's a, a way that I can try to make stuff like that, it feels good to me. John, this has been amazing. Um, I think it's one thing to isolate down to three albums that you consider to be important and another to so succinctly articulate them to someone who does not have that amassment of personal experience shrouding your own interaction with that record. So thank you so much. And if people want to check out your own projects um, and find out what you're up to, 
where's the best place for them to be heading? Uh, my site is rhythmplex.com. Great. I'll put that in the show notes for people, along with information around the three picks that John has made today. Um, John, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And to everyone listening, I'll speak to you soon.